Yes, it's me, Mike Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. It's the fastest, it's the friendliest, and it's for all the family. The Gas Shocks 116 Trophy and 120 Coupe Cup are the fastest growing race series in the UK, taking in six one-hour races and eight sprints at all the top circuits. Visit 116trophy.com to find out more and get yourself behind the wheel. From a pot of tea to TT motorbikes. From a classic English breakfast to a full serving of classic cars. Bridge House Tea Rooms is the Northwest Premier Classic Car Meeting location for cars, bikes, tractors, and owners clubs. So no matter what your automotive appetite might be, visit Bridge House Farm Tea Rooms on their Facebook page or call John and Alicia on 07980-444-221 for show details and to reserve your own table and parking space. Today's guest, there is every chance you have met him. I've met him three times. I've met him as George Forby from the film No Limit with the Shuttleworth Snap motorbike. I've met him as one of my favourite all-time racing drivers, Tazio Nuvolari. Do you like the Italian accent there? I've also met him as Stan Laurel, both members of Steptoe and Son, but this is the first time I've ever met Graham Hardy as Graham Hardy. And it's quite unusual in a way. And as I said, there's every chance there's a lot of you guys will have met him. You'll meet him at Goodwood, Silverstone, Classic TT, Land Bike Fest, Montlerie, wherever there is classic motorsport or classic motorbike racing, Graham Hardy will be there. But, as I said, he probably won't be Graham Hardy when you meet him. Graham, welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Thank you very much, boys. Nice to be asked to be on the show. Thank you. How did all this come about? Because I said this is the first time I've met you as you. How did how did you start all this? Rocky, it goes back a long way, Mark. Uh, yeah, it started really impersonations. Yeah, it started uh, as a lad, really. I once did an impersonation of a guy called Roy Wood from a band Move, The Move. And then uh, it went on to Wizard. That's what it started, about 11 or 12 years old. And then I was playing a bit of rugby uh, later in life. And used to knock about with a guy that was playing prop forward. I was either a winger or the fullback. And uh, we were playing rugby and the social events were coming in thick and fast, as they do. And the particular event was a fancy dress party. A girlfriend at the time and my good friend's wife wanted to go in fancy dress. We, uh, we had to think about it and I wasn't that keen. But then they said, why don't you go as Laurel and Hardy? That would be about 1988 and away we went. And given your slim stature, you were definitely Stan Laurel. Yeah, yes, that was an easier one for me, and uh, the other lad was obviously a larger stature. So, from there, you were Laurel and Hardy, and, because I know the one thing is, you were also a, a keen motorbike racer at one point in time, weren't you? That's right, Mark. Yeah, I was keen motorbike, yeah, I raced 500 Suzuki, T500, twin-cylinder in the late 70s and early 80s, a couple of TZ350s, I raced 1,000 Suzuki, and I ended up racing... Uh, Finished my career off on Sound of the Singles with a 600 Yamaha single cylinder and a TZ 350 frame. But one of the characters you're known for is 
George Foreman, because like we were saying earlier on before we started, you are what I would call a visual impersonator, though you can do the voices, but your passion isn't so much for George Formby, it's for the film No Limit. How did you work out you could be George Formby uh, in No Limit? And of course, you have the motorbike to go with it. Yeah, as I say, I started off with the with the Laurel and Hardy, and we were doing Laurel and Hardy at uh, Goodwood Revival, and we went to a press release, and being big into the motorcycle club racing, and I've been to the Isle of Man TT, I'd seen the film. I got asked at a Goodwood Revival event by Lord March, as he was at the time, if I could see any areas at the revival where something might work, and I thought, yeah the no-limit bike, the Shuttleworth Snap, would fit in the bike paddock. As I say, I was already working there doing Laurel and Hardy, so I said, I think we can. Uh, you could safely say that with the bike lads, the Shuttleworth Snap would fit in. And uh, I sent him some photographs from the film and what I intended to do if he was interested. Because you actually had to create the bike. You created the bike out of uh, the bodywork out of cardboard to start with, didn't you? Yeah, when I first mentioned it to him and he put it to his committee, they wanted photographs, and uh, I, I cut the bodywork out of cardboard, as you say, and then black and white tape. I had a, it was a model Model P Triumph that I've used. I still got it, albeit the film No Limit. It was an AJS George Road, but to all intent and purposes, it's a very uh, similar bike, side valve engine. Mine's a five hundred, George's with a three fifty. But uh, yeah, made the cardboard uh, sort of bodywork, and then sent some photographs off just in case it got knocked back, they didn't, weren't interested. But it came back, it was a, a thumbs up from Goodwood and I had to make it properly then out of fiberglass. But from there, you've become like a regular feature at Goodwood, don't you? You are, and a lot of the bike racing, you've become, shall we say, the bike has become nearly equally as famous as you are. <laughs> yeah, it, it has It has gone down, I must say, within the motorcycle paddock. I've made a lot of friends in the paddock with the, uh, we're doing the no limit. Every, most of the lads and, and lasses uh, racing it to, at the Goodwood Revival are all familiar with the film. So when we go down to the start line through the paddock, it's usually a lot of fun. And when I say we're racing motorbikes, then I know when the serious stuff starts and uh, you need to back off a bit. Everything is right about the character. Okay, it's like you said, the bike isn't exactly as George Road in the film, but Oh, the leathers, the helmets, even down to the ukulele, it's all absolutely bang on. What sort of what sort of work and effort goes in to getting the right clothing? Yeah, I've had a lot of stuff. The, the leathers for me, George Formby and that were made, I had them made to measure because that kind of, that period leathers are not readily available, really. You can spend a lot of time looking at eBay or trying to find that kind of stuff, but really, at the end of the day, I did borrow a jacket from a guy and, a, and the job was for, from another fella and Adam copied a helmet, putting base helmets are readily available really on eBay. They're not cheap, goggles, etc. boots. I copied, like to pride myself on getting it uh, visually. It's got to look right if you're going to do it well. Yeah, but you've even done it down to learning how to play the ukulele, haven't you? Yes, when I first started, I went to a Stafford bike show and a lot of people were saying, give us a tune, George. Really, I was posing with a, a ukulele, and it was a bit embarrassing, if anything, <laughs> that I, I couldn't play the ukulele, so I quickly decided to have lessons, and uh, I'll never be George Formby, but uh, yeah, I learned half a dozen songs, and it gets me by in the paddock, people sing along, and uh, that's what it's all about. You, you 
riding in the TT races and Little Wigan Garden. And <laughs> yeah, good fun. But you still, you, you do ride that bike. It is to be seen out and about on the circuits. Though you're not a competitor, people will see you riding it about. Well, or yes. push, push it. I know at the Land Bike Festival, you were pushing it about because at the Land Bike Festival in Wales, there was no circuit as such, but you were to be seen pushing it around the cir- the the show on a very hot day wearing all the leathers. Yeah, it does become quite warm in those leathers, yeah, pushing it around, but yeah. Yeah, riding it's fun, yeah, Derby and the Isle of Man, we usually get eight laps in the other year, and some of the other lads that are out in that particular class, they ride, ride around, and at the end of the day, you're putting a show on, and the other lads join in, and we go over the finish line, and swapping positions, it's all done properly, and... Uh, Tongue in cheeks, Ooh, mother, and all that. It uh, never touched me. But well, that was the one thing we were saying. We were saying earlier on, George Formby's. I think his most famous saying is "turned out nice again." But I conclude you've had to learn all these little like one-line sayings that he actually said over, over a period of time in the films. Yeah, they do. They come in handy. If uh, "turned out nice again" was not in the actual film, but again, <laughs> to all intents purposes, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, he turned out nice again. Never touched me and. Yeah, mother. And, and <laughs> these are the things that, you know, when you're doing that and the people, the kids and that, and people, they, they see it and they see the fun side of it. And it's good for the promote the film, No Limit. That's at the end of the day, I enjoy it immensely. And it's well received. And well, the phone keeps ringing for me to do it. I'll, I'll carry on. And, and I conclude you must know that film off by heart. You'll know the entire script to that film, won't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it many times. And uh, yeah, I've, I did sell a few in. I bought a rake of them from, uh, from the film company and yeah. went to Spain to an event. And I ended up selling something like 90, 90 copies. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Have you been? Have you ridden the TT circuit so you can truly emulate George? No, I've not ridden the TT circuit. I'm not on the shuttle of snap anyway. I've been round on the back of a motorbike and I've been round it in a Model T Ford. Yeah, um, a Lauren Hardy car. When I went to an event there, as Lauren Hardy. Yeah, it could. It would go round. It would go round. I'm sure, but it depends. Time is the essence, and it's going to take a bit of time. Shuttle of snap, I think. But yeah, I'd like to go round. It would be fun, yeah. Now, you mentioned there your Model T's for your Laurel and Hardy. You are so passionate about getting it right. You own two Model T Fords, don't you? That's right, Mark, yeah. What are they like? I think we, we've also mentioned Tuckett Brothers, who have got to be the most famous Model T Ford dealers in England, if maybe not the world. But what's it like owning a pair of Model T's? Yes, it's funny. When I first bought it, as I say, when I first set about the uh, Laurel and Hardy, I was doing... Hardy, and it was all right going to these corporate events and shows and what have you, but I thought you could really open a whole new world in the motor shows with a Model T. I'd uh, made a few inquiries, and a friend of mine, a motorbike racer by the name of John Cooper, who used to fit my racing, well, by buying my racing tyres from him. I mentioned it to him one day, put me onto a guy, and uh, they put me onto Tuckett Brothers, where I bought my first Model T, a 1924 Tourer, which Laurel and Hardy is identical to what Laurel and Hardy used in a film called Perfect Day. Yeah, yeah, it's great for owning them. I made a lot of friends in the Model T Ford Club. They're a great Model T Ford Register, as it's known. Some made some great friends, and uh, over the years, been on throughout rallies, and yeah, lovely people. And another aspect of owning a Model T Ford, not only use it for Laurel Hardy, but use it as a serious piece of kit at the weekend on a car rally. Yeah. So you do actually use them. You do have the pleasure of going out and using them. Yeah, yeah. I go out for a run, not so often because. 
as I say, there was a period, I had a couple of years where I wasn't doing Lauren Hardy and uh, the particular Oliver Hardy I was working with, had, uh, he retired. So I had a couple of years where I did do a number of rallies with the Model T Ford Register. But then I got back with another Oliver Hardy and things took off again and they were very busy on the, uh, on the show scene. So difficult to do, to commit. But you know, one day when I finish doing the shows, the Lowell Hardy, uh, I look forward to uh, chilling out and, and touring around with the... With the Just to enjoy being a Model T Ford only. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. They've been very helpful. Neil and Peter Green around here looked after me a lot over the years with helping me keep them running. Just the one thing about a Model T Ford is they don't drive like a normal car. The pedals that you see next to the steering column don't do exactly what you think they will do. No, you need a big field. As Neil took it, when I first went down to drive one, he let me loose in a big field and thank goodness he did because, yeah, it's a totally different ball game to a modern car. But uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, you've got to be careful driving it around a big crowd of people. But over the years, got used to it and because uh, the throttle is on the on, on the steering wheel yeah that's correct yeah and the pedals what the pedals they operate the gears don't they? yeah they do the what is your clutch in your car or a standard motor car is the first and second gear push your foot down on it you progress forward and take your foot off you're into second gear the middle pedal which is your brake in your modern car is a reverse gear and a force and your accelerator is the brake in a model t so you need to have your wits about you and uh, do a lot. just, uh, as I say, keep your eye on it and concentrate on what you're doing and <laughs> try and do Stan Laurel or the Keystone Cops, whatever you're doing. But, but besides that, you use them for, a, besides the Laurel and Oil, they use, you just enjoy driving them when you can actually get them out. Yes, I do. I enjoy driving them a lot. Yeah, they're always good, uh, good, nice summer's day, drive a uh, drive around. Yeah, very enjoyable. Now, the other character you've become famous for, as I said, he's one of my heroes. Tazio Nuvolari, the famous Italian racing driver. How did you discover that you could be Tazio Nuvolari? Tazio Nuvolari, yeah, what a what a man, yeah. I was he, I was doing Lauren Hardy at a show, hill climb in High Wycombe called Cop Hill Climb, great event. And there was a guy there, one of the celebrity guys, was a guy by the name of Wizzo Williams. God bless him, he's he no longer with us, unfortunately. But an absolutely amazing guy. Just just quick, we're talking to you. I know, I've got to tell you this. We were at Croft, and it was the launch of a, a lightweight E-Type Jag series. There have been a, 12 replica lightweight E-Types built, and I'd been invited along, and Barry Wizzo Williams was there. And he said, come on, you've got to come out as my passenger, because I'd been out driving them. And I've never been in with a man behind the wheel of a car that was so staggeringly out of control at three-figure speeds that actually wasn't out of control. And the guy's chatting away to you. You think, Barry, look where you're going, please. Yeah. This cold corner's coming up ever so quickly. Oh, and phenomenal. the guy was absolutely staggering. Yeah, absolutely a, staggering. A lovely man as well. Fantastic driver. And we again, Woodward Revival, I've met him a few times. And yeah. he, he was always a lovely fella. Always happy. Always happy to come up for a joke and a laugh. And yeah, he, getting back to Tatsio Nuvolari, was... The hill climb and his mechanic came and said, have you ever considered doing uh, Tazio for the revival? And I thought, no, I thought, Tazio Nuvolari, I, I dismissed it really. Uh, thanks, you know, but I, I was more than happy with, I've got enough on my plate, so to speak, with George Formby and Lauren Hardy. But uh, yeah, then, uh, by, simply by chance, a magazine called the Motor Racing Legends was in the local paper shop and I bought a copy of it, flicking through it and 
I thought, wow, this guy looks a bit like my granddad. And I showed my <laughs> girlfriend and she said, he looks a bit like you. I said, that's that guy. She said, oh, I think you could do him. And uh, I researched him and what, a, what a, an amazing character, just phenomenal. He's God in Italy and still is to this day. And uh, when I put it together, as I say earlier, I want, I want to do it right. It's got to be, so I researched his overalls, his costumes and everything and put it together and went to Goodwood and I was a little bit apprehensive, but it was well received. And uh, yeah, it was another uh, character that was, uh, I've become sort of known for doing uh, different events. Yeah. But being Tazio Nouvelor, it's like we said, you've got the yellow sweater with the famous TN on it. Yep. And uh, I've never known whether it's a turtle or a tortoise, but uh, that was one of his logos. Yeah, the turtle, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, apparently it was a poet gave it to him because it was the slowest mammal on earth and he was the fastest individual. So there was some kind of a story between, that's how it came about to be his, his lucky emblem, yeah. for want of a better word. But besides that, you've got it down to the teddy bear coat, the correct. Mm. The helmet, is it cloth or is it leather that he wore? He may well have wore cloth or not. Mine are leather. Yep. Uh, the ones I've seen photographs in the Tazio Nuvolari uh, Museum in Italy, they're leather. And the red one, they buried him in it. The light blue one, I believe. Yellow jersey and blue trousers. That was, that was, he was renowned for that particular costume and racing outfit, should I say. You know, practiced in white overalls and yellow and blue trousers and a red or blue white helmet depending and then the teddy bear coat that he was well known because you were saying earlier only it's a matter of getting the right one it's not a teddy bear coat it is the right teddy bear coat. yeah the right one yeah yeah it was it was seen in different coats obviously but there was a particularly nice photograph of him in a teddy bear coat one came available i thought well, i like that image of him i like that i like the coat to be honest <laughs> i thought why not it was if you, as I said earlier, if you're going to do it well, and I like to think that the tributes that I've done, I've always give it 110. percent I'm not not to. If you don't want to be doing it half-heartedly, and that I think is when you get the nice work, the nice events, such as Goodwood. They they like what I've done over the years, and I've enjoyed very much working at their events and others, obviously. But yeah, when people know you're working at Goodwood Revival, then that speaks for itself. Yeah. But because of being Nouvelor, it's also brought you into contact with Alfa Romeo, Bugatti, and various other serious manufacturers who are delighted to invite you uh, to be Tazio to, shall we say, promote their products or be involved with their brand, which has got to say something. It's got to say, Graham, you've got it. What do you end up doing with these people? Because the other thing is you work with authors who've written books on Tazio and the cars he drove, and you are the man that they come to help you help them promote their product as such. That's right. That's right, Mark. Yeah, the guy, the guy John Bale, he wrote a book, Donington, the Pioneers. Fabulous book. 25 years, I believe, working on this book. And on the front cover was Nouvelaria Donington Park in Auto Union that he won yeah. that particular race that year, 1938. Bumped into John at a motor show and he asked me if I would come to the book launch. But what an honour, you know what I mean? The guy spent 25 years and he wants me there as part of his launch. Donington Park with Mr. Wheatcroft and a number of motorsport greats were there. It was a great, something that I wouldn't ordinarily have got involved with <laughs> doing Lol and Hardy. Right, for the book launch, it's you walking around with a book. Uh, not to decry that, that's 
you walk around with a copy of this book in your arm, cradled in your arm, and the response is phenomenal, you were saying. Yes. Yeah, I did the NEC uh, motor show. John was on a book, st on a book stand signing copies. I spoke to John about it. I said, there's no dress restriction if I walk around with a book and make out I'm coming down to get you to sign a copy of it. I'll just pay to go in and uh, I'm walking. And lo and behold, that's what we did. I, uh, John was on the stand signing books. And uh, I, I walked in with a book under my arm to get John to sign it. And on the way to the stand, obviously, to get invited onto the Alfa Romeo stand for a photograph or Bugatti. <laughs> and I ended up with a number of jobs off the back of that. So it worked well, yeah. So that's the only thing you've really got to do without belittling it. You walk around as one of your characters and the response is absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? I've seen it happen. You stand back. I've said to my better, oh, uh, oh. Graham Hardy's on his way. Just watch the response as he walks around. It, it'll take him about half an hour to get from where he is to where I am. Yeah, it does. It does indeed. Yeah, as you say with the Tazio, now I walk around at an event and people want the photograph and they come and have a chat. And those that are not familiar with Tazio, at least when they see it and then you explain what you're doing, if they go away and check check on internet on the internet and websites and look up what, what an amazing character he was likewise with george formby the youngsters lady approached me in the supermarket a local supermarket and she said you're the guy that was doing the uh, the george formby the no limit i said yes he said we were there in 2007 or something and the lad was seven years old he's now 14 and he's ukulele mad off the back of seeing uh, looking it up on the internet and i think that's i was quite chuffed i thought yeah great and glad <laughs> She was not so pleased about the ukulele constantly in the back bedroom, but it was only a bit of fun, yeah. But uh, yeah, great if people like it and go away and take something off it, brilliant. The other thing you're now known for is you're now on a bottle of gin. That's right, yeah. I got asked <laughs> a guy, a guy, uh, yeah, I met him on Instagram and that, and I uh, met him at a couple of shows, and he asked me about uh, an image. There's a photographer, a friend of mine, that took this particular image and he asked about the photograph. I said, well, I don't own the rights to that particular picture. So I put him in touch and we had a photo shoot. It's a classic racing spirit. He's his company. And we had a photo session with a mate of mine, Russell, Russell Cobb, who does a lot of photo photography all over the country and Europe. And he did a series of shots and this one was chosen to go on the gin, which I think has been going very well. Yeah. Do you, like, do you drink gin out of interest? I have tried it. I, I don't tend to drink spirits, but I have tried it out. The gin and tonic is the one sort of spirit that I would drink. And uh, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I do enjoy gin and tonic, but usually a beer. <laughs> a, beer a beer is... Uh, so if any beer manufacturers out there who fancy new Valoria on their hands, yeah. do give Graham a ring. So it must be unusual if you offer somebody a drink of gin when you're out and about or at your house. You'll probably be the only man going who will offer them a drink of gin from a bottle with his own photograph on front. Yeah, yeah, it does look... Yeah, it causes a bit of conversation when I see the out of the drinks cabinet and there I am on a bottle of gin, yeah. It's yeah, different, but fun, yeah. Because one of the places you do go to is Montlery in France, which is the famous old bank circuit, and the atmosphere of that place is staggering. You turned up as Nouvelle with his mechanic. They just said, go in. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, we went, there's two of us went, lad and a, a lad who does some uh, mechanicing for me uh, with the shuttle of snap. He said, we did, well, we, where are we going? I said, we're going to get dressed up with Nouvelle R and the mechanic and then go in. 
to the uh, Montlury revival. So he said, are you sure? I said, yeah. So we got the, got dressed up and drove the motorhome to the gate, uh, Frenchman on the gate. And then I wound the window down and gave me the buongiorno. And he came from the base of the car and uh, basically Italian, broken Italian stroke English. And, uh, oh yeah, we, yeah, uh, in Newbury. Uh, in we went and I uh, didn't need a ticket. And then off the back of that, I ended up in a promotional film for Montlury Revival, which, uh, but there you go. It just shows you never know what's around the corner. Now, the other thing you're known for, and I know this isn't motoring based, but you're also known for being Albert and Harold Steptoe. Oh, yeah. Now you're dirty little Albert. Yeah. <laughs> you're a good boy, Harold. Yeah, yeah, that's a childhood. Yeah, they went from 62 to 74, didn't they? And. Because you and I are from the same era in many ways. We yeah. remember these half-hour comedy programs that used to be on the television. A lot of them were in black and white. Yeah. And you can, if you want, see a lot of them now on that one of my favourite television channels, Talking Pictures. But they were an absolute... They were a must-see with these two guys, weren't they? They were, though. Oh, I, I was... When... In the 60s, I, we were in bed in those days and sent to bed at, at sort of 7, 8 o'clock or whatever. I'd be about 9... Yeah. And I remember pleading with my parents, come and watch Steptoe and we'd behave ourselves. And my brother and I would go down and sit and they'd say, yeah, come and watch Steptoe and that. And oh, yeah, they just, they were like uh, brilliant. I loved them. I loved them. Everything about it. The horse cart, Hercules the horse. Yeah. And then I, I realised <laughs> I, I, I the, skele the skeleton up the corner. <laughs> yeah, the skeleton, the bear in the corner. And they were great. What a show. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. How do you decide who you can be? Because I conclude the Graham Hardy repertoire has not come to an end. There are possibly other people out there that you could be. I've done a lot of people, yeah. Buster Keaton. I once did a Clint Eastwood on the door for a, a, for an event, a Western event. And yeah, yeah maybe some more in the pipeline. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm always up for, up for a challenge, I yeah. must say. But how do you decide what makes you think I can possibly do him? I conclude it has to be the looks. They've got to, shall we say have physical similarities to you or you have to have physical similarities to them. Yeah, yeah. I've been compared. To, uh, somebody asked me about doing George Orwell. Or well, yeah, but there's not a demand. I've seen pictures of him. I could do him. But I think but who's going to who's gonna say, oh, yes, I get it. Where's it going to work? Yeah. Step toe and son. The cricket match at Goodwood. I knew a guy with a horse and a car and we put it together. And it was great. It worked really well at the cricket match at Goodwood. I just decided this will work. Tried it with a few people, close friends. Did the voices and the appearances with my face. And then if I got the thumbs up, yeah, you can do it. And then set about putting it together properly. When we did with the horse and cart, it was phenomenal. Fantastic going down the street again. People, again, people have not seen it, then go away and watch the real ones. And jury, like I did and you do. So when you're doing step two and some, which one are you as such, or are you the both, or who decides who's being you on the day? With with the when I worked with the horse and cart, the guy who owned the horse and cart, he he did Harold. I've never driven a horse and cart, and I understand it's not straightforward. So <laughs> yeah, not like a Model T or anything. So I I did the old man, and uh, yeah, I've done both. I've done both characters. I've done some for care homes. Uh, I've done some little clips. Well, I put a little scenario together where I've done Harold coming into a room, said something, then gone out of the room, and then I've dressed to the, as the old Albert and then gone in and done Albert. 
to put the two together so it looks like a bit of a scenario. We did that for COVID care homes for uh, the Not Forgotten Association, put some shows together that were beamed into the care homes and that was that was uh, received as well. I've worked, I did it last year for the Chelsea Pensioners at St. James's Palace in London. Yeah. And they, yeah, the older guys, they know exactly what you're trying to do and yeah. It's good fun, yeah. Have you recreated the famous kitchen sink scene where he's having a he's having a bath in the kitchen sink complete with his bowler hat? I did do a version, funnily enough, in the, in the baths. I couldn't fit as well. The sink wasn't me. I couldn't fit in my sink anyway to do it, but I did a version on Instagram, which is on Instagram with a bottle of Demestos. I guess. <laughs> I'm singing a song in the bath and it, it was for the care homes and it was just a promotion to... Stay keen and keep clean. Yeah. It's on my Instagram, hardy.grahamitz. Yes. And it's had a lot of views and I still get people say, I like that one where you're doing a bath, but the original one was one of my favourite scenes. Yeah. Out of all of the characters you do, you've got to have a favourite. Who do you really enjoy? Out of everybody, if you, somebody said, come as a character, which character would you turn up at? If somebody said, I'm not bothered who you come as. Stan Laurel. Stan Laurel. Yeah. Yeah, I think Stan Laurel, the thing is, Stan Laurel, you need Oliver Hardy. So you need two of you. I've worked with a number of Oliver Hardys over the years, nine, nine different Oliver Hardys from London. <laughs> so I've had plenty of experience of working, and I've been working with a, a guy from Huddersfield, obviously before COVID. He's a good lad. And uh, yeah, Stan Laurel's the one. When you you look, what, Stan Laurel, what a, again, what a career, brilliant actor. And he was the brains behind Laurel and Hardy, and... Uh, I've the utmost respect for the Laurel and Hardy, Sons of the Desert, and uh, and yeah, Stan Laurel's the answer to your question, Mark. The one thing we can both agree on is all the characters you play or you imp- you are an impersonator or an impressionist of were all true characters in their own right, weren't they? George Formby had George Formby was George Formby. He got up to all sorts of things, really, even though he was a bit dominated by his missus. But you looked at Nouvelle and these guys had style. During times of austerity, George Formby had style. Nouvelle had serious style. Yes, yes, without a doubt, Mark. Yeah, they're all amazing characters, amazing characters. Nouvelle as you say, oh, well, yeah, just oh, phenomenal. And George Formby, obviously, with his George Formby, your Stan Laurel, and your Steptoe and Son British comedy, absolutely fantastic. All of them, I say, No Limit is my favourite film. film. <laughs> so if somebody comes to visit they've got to sit down and watch a watch no limit before we do anything else yeah for sure yeah no limit yeah <laughs> definitely graham hardy it's been a pleasure meeting you as i said i like many other people have met you on many occasions but you've never been you've always been somebody else but if somebody wants to follow you on social media, what, where are you available? Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. Instagram, hardy.graham. That's H-A-R-D-Y dot Graham, G-R-A-E-M-E. I'm on there. Send me a message or a friend request, whatever. And yeah, and Facebook, yeah, Graham Hardy. Yeah, I'm there and a lot of friends follow what I do and follow what they do. Yeah, feel free. And the one thing is on your Facebook page, the face that looks back at you, as always with Graham Hardy, it isn't Graham Hardy, it's the legend himself, Tatsio Nuvolori. But once again, Graham Hardy, it's been a pleasure having you on the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me, Mark. I've had a great time and uh, thank you very much for listening.
Rarely beaten on price, never beaten on service. Whether it's cars, bikes or commercials, Hoddy Tires are the best in the business. And when it comes to tire expertise and advice to supplying the correct tires for your vehicle's specific requirements, nobody comes close to David Lakin and the Hoddy Tires team. So give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytires.co.uk. Thank you.